Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. I'm going to introduce Bobby. All the way from America. To us, America is America. It's like when we say we go to Cape Town. Cape Town is huge, right? So we just see America. America's got Disneyland and uh, what else is in America? America. But apparently it's huge. And um, hey, yeah, Hollywood. Disneyland and Hollywood. But I've known, I've known Bobby for, for, I've known of his ministry since I think 2006, kind of, yes? Very, very long time. And, uh, and uh, what, I, what I love, um, man, you all know, you guys know, I'm not, I'm not a, like, I love the prophetic, but I don't like the pathetic, right? I'm all for the prophetic, but I don't want the pathetic. And, uh, and I've, I've just seen so many, it's like, I, I get cautious and I get nervous when prophets come. It's, but when real prophets come, I love them, right? And so what I will say, what I will say about Bobby is last night I was watching him prophesying, and not just a prophetic word. Let me just tell you, when he's ministering the word, it's prophetic. Goodness, man. Come on. But I was listening to, listening to him preach uh, or, or prophesy, and every person I know that he prophesied over, it was like, um, like Lizarie. She did that. You prophesied over the women's ministry. That's what she does. She's in the women's ministry. Um, uh, uh, what's his face? Is not Jenna. Um, Antoine. Antoine, he's a doctor, but his hobby is he writes music, right? And uh, you prophesied that he's going to write music. He's busy building a studio in his home with lots of computers and all kinds of things. But everything. And so, so from my side, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. A pastor is so happy when, when, when a prophet comes it actually just confirms things that the pastor's been telling all, everyone, everyone. This is what I thought you guys should be doing. This is what. And it's almost, like, it's almost like you get to stand on the other side and say, I told you. I told you. I told you. Yes. And so that's, that's kind of what happened. Um, but uh, thank you for stay, sticking to the truth. Thank you for not compromising. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, every, anyone knows me, um, that's a massive compliment come from me. Yeah, I, I really respect and acknowledge the anointing on your life. I love you, man. I love you, man. Amen. Snipe him. Amen. Let's give God a, a great hand for amen, the pastor and the first lady of the house. Amen. Well, I don't guarantee I'm not word on demand, so you know, some people call me or, or meet me and they're like, give me a word. I'm like, I, I don't give words. God gives words. And if God tells me to give you something, I will. Amen. So the pressure is never on me. You know, it's only him. Whatever he says to do, I do. I'm just crazy enough to say whatever he tells me to say. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes people look at me and shake their head like, what, dude, you like, you know. <laughs> no, I prophesied um, to a guy in, uh, in a church in Louisiana a few months ago. Uh, the, God used me to build a ministry there. We started with four people in a house, uh, four, uh, 20 people in the house. And, um, and, you know, there was a man on this side and a man on this side and a lady on this side. And, and God showed me the time together, and they were going through a divorce and stuff, and they re, renewed their vows and everything, you know. And then they went to a uh, – they said, look, come back a month later, please. 
And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was in my schedule, I was free. So I went back and they rented a fire station, uh, the conference room at a fire station, and 170 people showed up. I was like, y'all coming to see a fire? Or what, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and God moved, man. That lady healed of a disease. As y'all probably know by now, uh, my English is kind of broken. Okay, it's broken English that I speak. <laughs> it's not on crutches. It's broken. Mine's broke. Can't fix it. My wife's been working on me for a long time, you know. And so, uh, you know, 170 people in this place, and God had me pray for this lady. And she had some really, I, she said, I said the name of the disease. I'm like, it was God because it's an accident if it was me, you know. And if it's got more than five letters, I'm like, what, what, why do we need that complication in our life, you know. And, uh, and so it was a disease where her lungs would slowly harden in life until she would smother. And her grandmother died of it, and her mother was in the final stage, stages of it. And she had it, and she had it worse than both. And I named the disease, which whatever. And they got it on film, so I watched them. Okay, I guess I did. And when I prayed for her, the power of God touched her, and she took a deep breath for the first time in like 15 years and ran around the building and just kept running around. I'm preaching. She just keeps running around the building. We'd see her every now and again. Ah, ah. She hadn't ran in like years, you know. And so I said, look, why don't you go home and lay hands on your mom and let God heal her too so y'all can run together. And she's like, oh, my God, I can do that? I said, we, we can do it in Christ. We can do all things in Christ. Amen. When he gets the glory, amen, the power has to show up, you know. And so she went home and laid hands on her mom, and her mom was healed. And, uh, and then we, uh, I left there, and, I, and God, I said, God, I'm not a pastor anymore. I let, they let me out on good behavior. Amen. You know, and most people can't deal with me as a pastor. Anyway, they love me in my position now, but to put up with me all the time is really difficult. Amen. And so... Uh, uh, I said, look, you need to send a pastor, and this young lady came, and God showed me that her parents were out of church, and they got really hurt. They were associate pastors, you know, church, and uh, they'd been out of church for like a year, and they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't have, a, you know, income. The church just dropped them, uh, and it was just the pastor's fault and that, that mess. But so um, I said, bring your mom and dad, because God's going to give them a harvest. At this time, we had 300 people uh, coming to this fire station uh, conference room deal, at standing room only, so I made the young people stand so the elder people can sit. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I believe in respecting my elders. And so um, I, I prayed for them, and, I, and God touched them. And I, I put them to the, these guys in the front. I said, turn around. And I said, all these people you see here is your harvest. This is going to be your church. This is going to be your people. And they just, like, freaked out, man. We'd already bought some sound equipment, some lights and stuff. And so um, they rented a storefront. And, uh, and in about two months, they were up to 500. And, uh, and I went a couple of weeks ago before I came here and dedicated. Uh, they bought a million-dollar building. And it's in a city of like 20,000. I mean, there's nothing in the city, you know. It's, it's really an abandoned city. And so they're just really rocking and really doing it. And it's just really good to see that God is in the revival business. Amen. God, God never changes in that. He always wants to prod his spirit. He always wants revival. He always wants us to grow and to expand in everything. Amen. And today when uh pastor brought me by and he showed me that that's the Jewish, like, synagogue thing. And then this here, you know, is on fire. And God said, look, I have the, the, the Old Testament law on one side, amen, that's dying, and the New Testament, can I say that, and the, New and the New Testament church that's on fire, amen, and so I was like, oh my God, you know, anyway, the Lord just messes with me all the time, the one thing, whenever you, you can give a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy, you, you, you can turn that off, you know, but whenever you have the office of the prophet, it never stops, you know, and sometimes I tell my wife, babe, just walk in front of me, because I don't, I'll be in Walmart all day giving words, I, wherever I go, you know, so every. You know, just like, oh, my God. So I was in the elevator coming down to, uh, to come here, and they had a, a lady in there with me and her son. 
And I'm like, you know, God's going to heal you of, of that hip issue. And she's just looking at me like, who are you? I said, I know, I get that a lot. But um, I said, I'm a prophet of God. She's like, well, I'm a Catholic. I'm like, God don't care what you are. You know, he's going to heal you of this and this. And she's just crying in the elevator. And y'all elevators here are like serious because there's, there's no lid on the top of the elevator. At you. So you can see like all the way up and see all the way down. I'm thinking, wow, God, I took a picture of my wife. I said, this is a real elevator right here, baby. I can see where I'm going before I get there. Amen. <laughs> and uh, y'all invited me, so just deal with me for a little while. Amen. If you have your Bible, I want to go to Genesis for a few minutes. I've been dealing with this. I mean, we preached the conference, and God told me to bring the conference everywhere I go, so that's what I'm doing. I'm obeying the voice of God. And we're going to deal with that same word again. You know, that, that the word is amazing. Cheers. Amen. It's so dry here. Oh, praise God. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, if you don't know what that is, we know the problem, you know. We, you don't need a prophecy. You need a Bible study. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Genesis 1 is, is a very powerful uh, verse there. And it just simply says, in the beginning, God created uh, heaven and earth. And, uh, you know, whenever you understand that in the beginning, God, God did, did some things that are still established today. That whenever God speaks, not only does he have the power to create, but he has the power to sustain whatever he creates. Amen. That's why it's important I get a word from God, because not only will it manifest in my life, but it will sustain itself in my life. Amen. So whenever you get a word, no matter how big it is uh, in your life, and you think there's no way, amen, just thank God that because you got it, he can manifest it, and he can make sure it stays there. It didn't just go up and go back down, but it manifests and it sustains itself. Amen. Go to verse 28 for same chapter, let's go to verse 28, let me see. Thank God for these tablets, man, I love these things. I really do. My wife showed me how to work them. Girl, give me my tablet, amen. amen. Uh, verse 28, and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, uh, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea. That's where Cajun people come in, amen. We eat everything in the sea. And over the fowl of the air, yeah, we love some ducks. And many pigeons y'all got over here, somebody needs to start eating pigeons. Y'all got two cages here, you wouldn't better find a pigeon in about three months, amen. And then the birds, y'all birds wake up at like 5.30. I'm like, look, amen, no, 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 no. It's too early to be waking up, birds. Amen. Our birds don't wake up till about 7-ish, you know. I had all my curtains closed and everything. I had a little bit of corner picking out. That beam hit me right in my face. I'm like, I'm like really, Lord, I got to get up. I got to one little beam of light, amen. Then the birds started messing with me. I'm like, Jesus, gave me hungry. Amen. I almost put a dove on my scrambled eggs this morning. Amen. I hook a dove up. Amen. Hey, I'm glad I wasn't there when Jesus was baptized and the dove came down. I'd be like, clean that joker up. It'd have been on. Amen. You know, Cajun people are crazy. I went through survival training, and survival training is you go out in the jungle, and they got uh, instructors there, and it's like a real jungle. It's in the Philippines, and there's instructors there that hunt you down. They live in there, so they know this jungle. You know, it's Filipino guys. And um, you, you get a knife, you know, and you get a little protractor and a compass, and, and you have to go to certain points, and you have to actually steal um, these flags that they put on these poles without getting caught. If you get caught, then it's over. And, um, and so it's really hard. And they, there's no time limit. You can take as long as you want. And they have a, a, a beacon on you so they know, they know where you are, and which I think is cheating. But anyway, and so, um, you know, after it was over with, uh, most of the guys lost like 20 to 30 pounds. Amen. I lost two. I'm like, all that food in that jungle, I mean, you know, I mean, I ate some armadillo, I ate some cockroaches, I mean, I was eating callip, uh, anyway, I mean, there's a lot of food in the jungle, I'm just saying, I mean, we couldn't have a fire, so I was eating everything, caviar, but I was like, hey, 
Amen. I was like, Jesus. I was like, this, there's a lot of food in the jungle. I'm just, oh, you can just be still. It'll crawl on you. It'll, it'll come find you. I, mean, I didn't have to hunt or nothing. Put my knife up. Amen. It's like, whatever. I chased a wild boar for like two days. That, them jokers are fast, man. I'm like, I was like, dude, I just want to, you know, have fellowship with you, you know. You know, or one of his babies. I mean, whatever I get my hands on. But uh, he outran me and got away. But anyway, amen. Pythons are on my, anyway. And uh, so, that's a good one. I want you to go. No, go, bro, please. Cool, all right. Like, I've seen some of y'all pictures on Facebook. I'm like, no, 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 no. You ain't gonna social media me like that. The devil is a lie, amen. I got my wig tight today. Y'all see, I got my wig tight today. Got my wig all tightened up today. Yeah, boy. That lady blessed me. I said, go ahead, cut it, girl. I said, all of it, all of it, amen. My hair touches my ear. It's too long. I'm like, mm, got to go. Uh, <laughs> they have dominion. They have <laughs> if you can't laugh in church, I mean, come on, you know. You know, Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, I went to one church, and that brother said, I don't know what to do with you. I'm just like, most people say that. I just don't know what it's an anointing I have in my life, Amen. <laughs> In the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God blessed them. Everybody say he blessed them. Uh, thank God, and if you read the scriptures, the Lord has never cursed what he created. He only blessed us. And here, whenever God blessed, man, God blessed Adam, Adam was just a spirit. He hadn't had the flesh yet. You have to go further down in the Bible to find where God reached into the earth out of the dust and made Adam a body. Here, Adam is a spirit. Amen? And so before your mother met your father, before you met your father's loins, you were already created in heavenly places in God. Amen? And God breathed in you and God blessed you. Amen? So that's very important to know because I don't need a man to bless me. God has already blessed me. Amen? God has already accepted me. God loves me. That's why whenever you're lost, you're miserable because God didn't create you to be lost. He created you to be blessed. Amen. Amen. I've been broke a long time. I don't like being broke. People talked about me when I was broke. They can talk about me now that my wife drives an Escalade Cadillac. Yes, she does. I got an F-150. We got a 4,000 square foot house. You know, they told me all oh, preachers don't brag about what they got. I said, I'm bragging on Jesus. How do I almost shut up? Amen. You were laughing at me when I was in the projects. Come on, so amen. In the hood. So go ahead and talk now. If you're going to talk now, get your mouth right. Amen. Because they say he is blessed. Amen. Somebody say, God bless them. Uh, there's a lot of meanings to the word bless. If you have some time, later, later on, go look at them, Hebrew and Greek and, and Webster and everybody else. There's a lot of words. And I'm going to give you some of the meanings. There's too many for me to do all of them, but we're going to take over some of them. The first uh, thing, the definition of the word bless here means to invoke divine favor. You ever just show up and didn't know why you was going and, and met somebody you didn't know you were going to meet, and it turned out to be one of the greatest encounters of your life? Amen. That's why God works with me. I just run into people, amen, by accident. Ain't supposed to be there. It's divine favor. It's God's orchestrating your footsteps and their footsteps so y'all can cross when you need to cross so you can get what you need. They can get what they need. It's just divine. It's a divine thing. My walk with God, I can't even explain it. Amen. How I got where I am today, there's no reason to rhyme, but it doesn't make any sense. I shouldn't even be alive. Come on now. I tell people, I'm on borrowed time. Now I'm in eternity time. It's just, it's just amazing how God would just do something for you and orchestrate everything. My footsteps are ordained. They are ordered by God. Amen. 
That means that God has an invoice. He already has a route and a reason and everything. You're going to be here at this time and this and this time. It's divine. He invoked it. He forced it in the force of time. The time can't change. But God speaks out of eternity. I've heard Christians say, oh, the Lord is late. I said, I'm sorry, you can't be late for what you created. <laughs> Amen. Oh, he's he never early. No, no, no. Amen. I've learned that in divine time, when it's time, nothing can stop it. When God has a blessing for me, you can't destroy it. You can't take it. You can't run from it. It's my blessing. Got my name on it. Amen. Things are the same. Anyway, I'm not a singer by any means. You know that right now. Amen. My wife said, like, you don't even make a joyful noise. You just really, amen, just go ahead and hum or something, babe. My wife's a professional singer, used to be, you know, she could sing, could sing seven optics, whatever that means. It means a lot because ain't but like seven optics. I'm thinking, you go way up. <laughs> that girl got some pipes. She ain't but five foot ten or five foot. And, well, yeah, well, she claimed to be, I think she's four foot ten. But anyway, I'm not going to put the ruler on it. Some stuff you just got to overlook as a husband. <laughs> I had an old preacher tell me one time, son. You can be right or you can be happy. He said, I've been happy a long time. Who cares who's right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I had people tell me, you need to tell your wife this. I'm like, you ain't going to tell her because I'm going to protect my boo. Amen. And I ain't going to tell her because I'm going to protect me. Amen. So she ain't but five foot, but we got 50-something guns, and she knows how to operate every last one of them. <laughs> he invoked divine favor. Amen. God bless them means... There's just so much here. Amen. God bless them means that God prays, amen, what they have already become before they ever were. That God's already excited about what you're going to be before you ever be. Isn't it amazing that God's plan is so good for your life, he can't wait till you get in it. Amen. There's nothing like getting in the plan of God and getting in the will of God. I've learned something. Wherever God's peace is, that's where God's will is. Amen. I don't need ten stars and five angels and to see two disciples, amen, for confirmation. I just need God's peace. Some of y'all looking for direction. Don't come up here for word. Find the peace of God. That's the direction of God. And if it ain't the complete will, he'll work that thing together for your good. But you're going to get where God said you got to go. Amen. Hey, that's good. Amen. People... So many people in the body of Christ are confused, don't know what to do, where to go. I'm like, where's the peace at? Amen. I've had pastor tell me, well, I want to invite so-and-so to come preach, but I got to check in my spirit, but I'm going to go ahead and invite him anyway. I'm like, you done got a warning from the Holy Ghost. Look, the Holy Ghost thing, I tell me a whole lot for me to get away from you. It don't take much. I, it don't take a check. It can be a nudge, a whisper, a flick on my ear, anything. When God gets t lets me know don't get involved with this person. I just walk away. You'll never know it. I love you. Praise God for you. Don't judge nobody. But you can't be in my circle. Amen. And I, but so God warns us. He lets us know. He gives us just a hint of knowing. You connect with this person and disconnect with this person. Because some people in your life are just seasons. But, but it's very few people can get where you're really going. Amen. I've had men of God, amen, try to walk through the doors that God has opened for me. And they walk through and fall on their face. Why? Because God didn't open it for them. He opened it up for me. Amen. And they're trying to push me out the way. And all that. I'm like, look, do whatever you want to do. Amen. You do whatever. Talk about me. It doesn't make no difference. God has a plan for my life. And the door God's opened for me is for me. Because he gave me the anointing to do what needs to be done through the door. And if you don't have the anointing to do what needs to be done on the other side, you're going to go in there and ruin yourself. 
That's why I told Pastor, I don't pray for God to grow my ministry. I pray for God to grow me and then, amen, let, let me step up another level, grow me some more, and let me step up another. I don't want my ministry or my life to crush me. I want to be ready for the platform. God is open for me when the door is open. Uh, it's whatever you do in the hallway that determines how fast God's going to open up the door. I just praise him in the hallway. When something doesn't happen the way I think it's going to happen, I've learned I serve a God that's full of surprises. I never know what he's going to do. He's like Santa Claus every day. It's just a blessing every day in my life. Amen. Uh, God bless him. He imported divine supernatural power and ability. It, everything I do is on his ability. My physical acts is his ability. I should, I mean, be limping. I should have this issue. and that I shouldn't be seeing out this eye. I mean, according to the doctor, I can only smell out of one side of my nose. That was a blessing. Because my wife's like, you don't smell that? I said, nope. She's like, something wrong with you. I'm like, I don't smell it for years. And I, went to, I, I said, you need to put that in writing and sign it and put your seal on one side and get it certified. So I can bring it to my wife and go, eh, that's why I didn't smell it. I can't smell on that side. So now she's on this side of the perfume. You smell it. I smell it now. I smell it. It smells good, boo. It smells good. <laughs> It'll give you divine ability. It'll allow you to do things you never dreamed you can do. I never dreamed I'd be standing before people preaching and teaching. When I got saved, I'm like, God, you don't have a whole lot to work with right here. You just don't have a whole lot. My, my English depth doesn't go that deep, amen. My, the word definitely, everything to do with speaking doesn't go that deep, amen. And God says, son, if you open up your mouth, I'm going to fill it. If you just get where I want you to be, I'm going to flow through you and do stuff that's going to blow your mind. That's why you get a word and you tell me the testimony, you get excited, and I'm excited too because it ain't like I just know everything. I'm like, my God, really? He did that through me. Wow, amen. He gives you supernatural ability. Now, he didn't, I, when I was a pastor of that big church and I was full-time, I go, we had all kind of instruments. We had $250,000, all kind of stuff, and everybody was gone. I'm there by myself, so I'd pray over myself. I'd pray, you know, most of the, especially the keyboard guys, the Lord just dropped it in on me. I'm like, well, if you can just drop it on them, you can just drop it on me. Amen. So I sit by the keyboard and hit the keys, and, amen, and nothing. I mean nothing. I'm like, gee, I grabbed the guitar. And, man, my fingers got to hurting on them strings, but them strings too hard for my fingers. I mean, no, I ain't trying to, I couldn't even blow the saxophone. I mean, that, that right there, I don't know how y'all do that. I mean, I said, well, let me have a flute. I couldn't do the flute. I'm thinking, all these things are complicated, Jesus. I mean, God, God said, preach the word, son. Leave the instruments alone. I said, but you said divine, supernatural favor. He said, yes, to preach and to prophesy and to do everything, the fivefold ministry. You got to know your place. Amen. Whatever. People say, well, let me give you an easy way, especially if you're a musician or a singer. Let me give you an easy way to know which instrument you should play. Whatever instrument you hear is one you should play. That's simple. Amen. If all you hear is the keyboard, you may have it and you want to play, then it's the keyboard. If all you hear is the drums, it's, you know, it's very, whatever you hear, you're hearing with your spirit. And when you hear it with your spirit, it means you may have anointing to play it. Amen. I hear them all, so I can't play none of them. So good luck on <laughs> at your own risk, amen. Divine supernatural power, divine supernatural ability. Every good thing, God can't make nothing that doesn't have a supernatural ability on the inside of it. Isn't that great to know, amen, that all of us are even in God's eyes. Whatever you do, when you do what you're called to do, you are even with everybody else in the kingdom. My position is here. Your position is wherever it is. And whenever you step in that thing and do that thing, you can do it like nobody else can do it. Amen. Everything God creates is unique. 
He will never anoint a copy. Amen. I, I thank God for Bishop Jakes, and I thank God, you know, for, for Prophet Quibbles. I've learned. I glean from people and glean from people, but I can't act like them, be like them, do what they do. I got to do it the way I do it. Amen. I had an associate pastor who tried to preach like me and sound like a woman getting beat with a baseball bat every time he raised his voice. I'm just suffering for Jesus. I'm like, oh, my God, Lord. Help him, Lord. Help him. Amen. Oof. I mean, Jesus. I thought they were going to call the ambulance or something to come to the church and pick this. So finally, I was like, look, I can't put up with this no more. Amen. I'm, I said, I got to tell this brother. But I, I said, look, bro, Amen. He's, he's one of the best teachers I've ever seen. He teaches the word. I mean, all the, he was in all the Hebrew and Greek and the customs. And this guy was amazing teaching. I said, you were known it to teach. I said, matter of fact, teaching is in the fivefold. Preaching ain't. Anyway, amen, so I said, you teach the word, and God's going to bless it. Find the vein. Find what God anoints, how you do what you're doing. And when you find your vein, stay in it. Amen, but whatever the flow is, wherever God, it may be doing it one way, or some people do it in drama, some people do it in music. However God's anointed you to do it, stay in that, because God will never anoint a copy. He only anoints originals. And whenever God wants me to do something, I don't care how much better you can do it. You can't do it the way God's called me to do it. So God has to wait on me to get there to get that thing fulfilled. There's no competition in the kingdom. Amen. No competition, thank God, in the kingdom. The word blessed here means he made you accepted in the kingdom. You're accepted in the kingdom. Isn't it good to be accepted? Amen. I hate being tolerated. I love being celebrated. Amen. So if I'm being tolerated, I'm in the wrong kingdom. I find the kingdom where I'm celebrated. I mean, I find my people. I find my tribe. I find the ones that God wants me to connect with. Amen. But people that tolerate you, I mean, they change, and, and you gotta try. You gotta change to try and please them. It's just, who oh, is a hard relationship. Amen. I got some brother. He called me. He's like, you don't ever call me. I said, there's a green button on your phone too, brother. I mean, Jesus, I called you five times, you ain't called me back. I didn't even know who the number was because I already deleted all the information. He texted me, what's up? I'm like, who is this? <laughs> who is this? Oh, that really got him going, amen. I said, brother, I called you five, six times. Mm -mm, no, don't make me block you. Don't touch my hood button. Don't, don't, don't touch the hood button, amen. I'll block you in a minute. I blocked somebody earlier today just because I hadn't done it in a while. I'm like, I don't know that one. No, I don't know. You may know. I, know. I may not. Amen. I just, my favorite button on that phone. Amen. I block you quick. Amen. God made you blameless. He made you holy. The word blessed here is when God spoke in your spirit. Amen. He made you blameless and holy and accepted. Amen. Too many times we only remember what we've done in the past. Amen. You know, and there's a lot of bad stuff I did. But God said, now I'm wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And I'm saved by the blood of the lamb and the words of my testimony. Amen. So all that I went through is a testimony of the grace of God in my life. And I can't stand before him ashamed. Amen. So why would I even approach him if I'm ashamed? I know I'm crazy and I know all that stuff. But I stand before God and say, I'm your son. You anointed me this way. You used me this way. You, you. <laughs> Last time when I went home, I said, you see, prophet, I told you God was going to use you. You're a mighty man of God. I said, you're kind of cute, too. Turn your head. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, you'll never truly love anybody else. Amen. I used to want to be six foot four and all this stuff. Amen. But then I had a six foot four friend, and he's always hitting his head on stuff and ducking, had big knots on his head. He looked at me and said, I wish I was as short as you. 
I'm like, well, you can't be this short, amen. It's only for anointing men of God. <laughs> it's amazing how we want to be somebody else, amen. And whenever you're trying to be somebody else, then you don't exist. People got curly hair, they want to straighten it. People got straight hair, they want to curly it. Amen. I like my do. I thank God for my little do-rag I got. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I used to have hair down to here when I was, you know, in the hood. Had an earring on the left side because right side, you was kind of some sugar in your blood if you did the right side. So, like, we had a lady in the hood called Big Mama, and she said, you had some swish in your swash if you got an earring on the right side. So we didn't mess with the right side. Back then, my earring still pierced. I mean, you got to do it on this side. When I got into the military, there's like 900 men. And they got six or seven, they just barbershop, they just cut you, I mean, just cut it all off. No guard, no nothing. And they were like, oh, let's do that young lady in the back first. We're all looking back. All right, yes, sir, that's me, that's me, that's, that's the one, amen. I rubbed my head for four days like, Jesus, amen. And now I can't stand the hair on my, on my ears, amen. Change is good, amen. He had, looks like he had to prophesy this before he made the flesh of man so that man's flesh would not deny the prophecy of God, Amen. I've learned something that your mind sometimes can lie to you. Sometimes the mind, it interferes with a lot of Christian people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I go way back, and so when I wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost, the Assemblies of God back then, the only church I knew, you know, I was pastoring, but they had a bunch of elderly ladies who said, Pastor, you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So I did my study, and I said, yes, I do. It's a gift, and I, don't, I want everything God has for me. And if you don't want yours, I'll take it. It ain't stealing. It is what it is in the kingdom. And so I said, I want the Holy Ghost. Well, they, they slapping me in the stomach, telling me to receive and hit me in my chin and slap me behind the head. I'm like, I didn't know I was going to be abused to get the Holy Ghost. I thought the Holy Ghost was gentle and, and all this, a dove. And, you know, them old women wore me out. One of them got the anointing and poured it on my head. I'm like, Jesus, I wore my good T-shirt today, too. If you'd have let me know something, I'd have put on a jumpsuit or something and made it easy to wash. I mean, them women wore me out for like two hours. I'm like, oh, Lord, I faked it. Bye-bye-bye. Oh, you have utterance. I'm like, oh, I am free, Jesus, I am free. I left that church. I'm the pastor. I'm thinking, Jesus, I didn't know. I said, God, we need to get more in shape to get the Holy Ghost. You got to be in shape to get the Holy Ghost. Get my flight vest back on or something. These women, these ladies, Jesus, amen. And on my way home, God said, you know you don't have the Holy Ghost. I, said, I know I don't have it. I know I don't. I know I don't have it yet. God said, son, <laughs> he said, just worship me. And whatever you hear in your belly, speak it with your mouth and you'll be filled. It's a gift. Nothing complicated. Just whatever. <laughs> They're going to give me the giggles. They're going to give me the giggles. Amen. But whatever you, whatever you hear in here, speak it with your mouth. I'm like, but it's weird what I hear in here. He said, just say it. So I started saying it. That's the only word I had for like a month. But I wore that word out. Ta, 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 ta. Ta, 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 ta. Every time I look in the mirror, ta 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 ta. That's all I had, but I wore that. I wore that. God had to give me another word. I was aggravating Him. Amen. You're saying the same thing over and over. Said, That's all I got. Give me something else. Amen. Shoot. I said, well, I told them women, y'all ain't touching nobody in my church. That old lady said, I got shoes older than you. I said, then wear them out the church. You got to get on out of here. I got them ladies out of my church. Amen. I don't. I didn't need everybody in the house. Come on now. Amen. No, you got to go. That one lady, I prayed for God to kill her, but he never would. She outlived as long as I lasted there. She messed around and came, came in the church. And now we have a church of 2,000. I'm in the foyer. You know, I mean, there's people. I like to greet the people. I ain't got to go in the green room and pray. If you ain't pray by now, it's too late. Amen. I like to be around people. So I'm greeting all the people. Come on in, the visitors. Here comes here come Sister Blabbermouth, you know. 
Her mouth all twisted. I knew something was up. This is the way her mouth was shaped. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here we go. Here we go. But my people knew me. My ushers and everybody like, oh, Lord, please, please. Don't push this hood button. It's too early in the morning. It takes a long time for it to reset. Amen. And she come in there. I've been sick in the hospital for two weeks. Ain't nobody from this church cook for me, call me, visit me. No, what kind of church is this? And, you know, Christians are nosy. So everybody just stopped to, to listen to what she, because she's screaming, you know, and, and echoing through the foyer and everything. And I'm like, huh. I said, well, sister, evidently, you don't do enough around here for us to notice you was missing. So maybe if you get more involved, have a blessed service, sister. Have a blessed service. Amen. Went right up there and preached the gospel. I mean, she pushed all kind of hood buttons in me. Uh, my ushers were like, oh, my God, Jesus, Jesus. That woman still didn't leave. I'm like, you still ain't going to leave the church? Come on, man. What I got to do? Jesus. Talk about your mama or something? Jesus, time for you to go. Nope, never will leave the church, amen. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, amen. I'm anointed, but I'm anointed for a lot of things, amen. I'm anointed for trouble. Send the trouble. I'll deal with it. I tell people, if you don't want to know the truth, ask somebody else. I went to a revival. There was a, uh, uh, he didn't prophesy. He prophesied. This brother, whew. At the church, the pastor said, what do you think? I said, do you want to stay friends? He said, yes. I'm like, I have no comment. <laughs> I'm like, that brother ain't prophesied nothing. I mean, I was, and there's like, you know, 80 people in the church, and, and I'm, I'm at the front, and he goes all around me. He ain't even looking at me. He's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. He, probably, he don't even know who I am. Bring your false self over here. Let me straighten you out. But he never, he, I said, I ain't going to make a show unless he touched me. If that brother touched me, then the anointing in me is going to hit him. And he's going to get corrected. And he's going to be a Sunday school teacher by the time this is over with. You know, but amen. He left the brother alone. I said, well, praise God for him. Amen. <laughs> God has already spoken um, over your life. This is powerful. This is why you're miserable when you're lost. Because God has already spoken something to your spirit, man. And, and Jesus said he's given all men a measure of faith, according to Hebrews. And so whenever you, you created, you have a measure of faith. And that measure of faith should draw you to the cross in your life. Amen. That's why you're miserable when you're lost. And no matter how drunk I got, I used to get bent up. I'm talking about broke up drunk, amen. I knew how to drink and smoke weed and whatever, all kind of drugs and stuff. No matter how high I got, the room spent so much, I had to put both feet on the ground. And the room kept on spinning. So I'm going to get up and spin with it, amen. That's just spinning with the room. I was like, Jesus, that was some good stuff right there. That was some good. I had some good stuff, but that stuff right there, Lord. Whew, I'm thinking, buy me some more of that tomorrow before that brother runs out. I mean, I, I get all messed up. And no matter how messed up I got, my spirit man always said, God has something for you. You're not just here by accident. Amen. You weren't born just because. You're not a mistake. Amen. You're not just a prostitute, son. I have a plan for you. And I'm like, who is talking to me? Amen. And then whenever you receive Christ, amen, the measure of faith Jesus gives you gets you to him. Amen. Then once you get to him, now you live by the faith of Christ. There's an exchange that happens, amen. The only way to operate in the kingdom is you got to put your faith to the side and say, I want to walk in the faith of Jesus. That's why Paul said in all the epistles, the life I now live, I'm not living, but it's Christ in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of Christ. Come on now. All I have to do is look at how Jesus did the miracles, and if I copy what he did, that's why he was here as my example, as my reflection of God in heaven. When I do it the way he did it, it has to work. Amen? It has to work. We... we we try and outdo the cross. Listen, you will never outdo what Jesus did on the cross. I'm sorry. It's too late. Even if you reenact it yourself and die, it's still not going to happen. 
Let me give you the secret to resurrection power in your life. You read that this is a secret that God showed me. I was on the airplane trying to sleep over here, but no. Holy Ghost, want to talk. I watched Top Gun. It's a pretty good movie. I don't know if I watched it twice, but it's a pretty good movie. You know, let me tell you how my wife and I, we, we, did a, we do a, a, a lunch date because all the kids are in school. Thank you, Lord, for school. Thank you, Jesus, for some school. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for the teachers and the principal, Lord, right now. Amen. Healthy, strong. You know, so my wife and I, did. we do dinner dates, and we went out to eat lunch, and we ate, and my wife said, well, we had like another three hours. She's like, well, you ready to go home? <laughs> That's our life, you know. I'm like, she's like, hold up. She's on the phone. Hold up. You ain't going to believe us playing in the theaters. I said, what, boo? Minions 2. I said, Man, you telling me Minions 2 is there right now? We can make it if we're there. If I, girl, hold on. Amen. We sat in the theater. We're the only ones in the whole theater watching Minions 2, laughing, crying. We got kids, okay? We got kids, amen? That's a good, that's a good movie. I don't care what you say, amen? And I love me some Angry Birds. Like, oh, Angry, oh, I love me some Angry Birds. I'm the Yellow Bird, by the way. I already taken them, sorry. Amen? I bought me an Angry Bird DVD, put my name on it, amen, put it up high where the kids can't get it, and they know, leave Daddy's Angry Bird DVD alone, amen? Oh, and the Madagascar, oh, my God, Woo. That brother said, we got some good news, some bad news. We're going to have an emergency landing, Amen? I'm like, oh, my, look, them brothers there. Only, we only lost two, two or three. Well, I can live with that, them brothers. I love me some Angry Birds, amen. I'm telling you, I watch them. Then they got Angry Birds 2. Yep, we, we got all, we don't have cable, so forgive us. We got four kids, amen. All right. We tried to watch something on uh, Netflix. I'm like, mm, it's going back to Angry Birds, amen. It's going back to YouTube, whatever we do, amen. He, he prophesied in your life already. He already spoke in your life, amen. That's why you have to yield to whatever God is saying. And let me, give you, let me give you the power of resurrection, power in your life. Here we go. I almost lost it. Here we go. God told me in the airplane, he showed me again, you know, I watched the, the uh, Passion of the Christ, and God showed me that whole thing again, the scene of Jesus being crucified, getting beat and pulling on his beard, just all the horrible stuff. And I'm watching this thing while I'm laying down, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, watching it, watching it, why are you showing me this again, Jesus? Show me all this stuff. And he put the nails in him, you know, put the sword in his side, and he's hanging there. And God said, there would have been no resurrection if he hadn't done one thing. I'm like, what? All that? He said, one thing he had to do. He had to say, Father, forgive them. When he forgave, it unlocked the journey, the suffering that he did to turn into a resurrection in his life. And I learned everything. I, I got to have some scars. To be like Jesus. If you don't have no scars, you don't have no resurrection power in your life. Come on now. And when you get the scars and you still say, God, just forgive them. Lord, they ain't worth it. I just forgive them in the name of Jesus. Then you got a scar on you and everything begins to resurrect. Your spirit resurrects. Your finances resurrect. Your joy resurrects. Amen. You got to get some forgiveness. And that's how you forgive them. If Jesus could forgive on the cross, what is my excuse? Woo. We can stop right there. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. Oh, this is powerful. He never leaves us alone. He'll always be with us. Then he says to be fruitful. Okay, I, my title of this sermon is the first, the, the five commands. Not commandments, the five commands. Talking to the people in the booth in case they want it. Amen. Be fruitful. Everybody say be fruitful. Uh, be fruitful is important because it takes time to bear fruit. Amen. Anything that grows overnight is a weed. I'm not impressed with fast-growing ministries and all of a sudden somebody's a prophet. 
Amen. You know, all this, you know, no, no, no. Amen. I want, I want to see if you can stay in this thing for a while. I've been preaching now for over 18 years. I've seen many called, many apostle, prophet, blah, 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 all this stuff, dripping in diamonds. They ain't even serving God no more. Come on now. Amen. Whenever you plant yourself, wherever God has sent you, plant yourself. Plant yourself. Amen. Don't be a pot plant. <laughs> Where are we going to church? I don't know. Amen. Let's just walk around, see what's happening. Where are they going to love me more? Whatever. No, no. Whenever you plant yourself, it goes through seasons. Amen. Yeah, you'll be all this one day. You may be ignored tomorrow. But whenever you plant yourself, your money's there. Your prayers are there. You get the vision of the house. It doesn't matter the storm that comes your way. God's planted me here. I don't come to church to, to, for you to be happy with me and shake my hand. I come to church to worship God and to praise God and to get the word and to be the greatest servant in the house. Then it don't matter what happens. I don't get involved in gossip. Amen. The only way gossip can live is if you pay it attention. Block them. Put the block on them. Amen. My wife, I told y'all, loves flowers, and I love artificial flowers last night. Amen. And so I bought me a satsuma tree, and uh, no, no fruit. It was in the winter, and I planted it in the ground, and I fertilized it, and they said, look, it took about two years, and then you're going to have some fruit. I'm like, well, I looked at that tree and said, brother, you got two years. <laughs> Counting now. Amen. And I watered that thing. I paid attention. I made sure that it wasn't my fault. People blame me that they don't have no fruit. Wasn't my fault, amen, there wasn't no fruit. I took care of that tree. First year went by, I said, you got 12 months, two hours. I said, I don't know how you, you don't look too healthy, but I'm working on you, amen. I kept on planting, fertilizing, and doing everything for the satsuma tree. The third year, I'm out there, I said, oh, time's up. I'm looking, no fruit. I went and got my broom out my closet. I got there and beat that tree in the name of Jesus with that broom. <laughs> it looked like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree by the time I got done with that thing, Amen. And then my wife came out and said, what are you doing? I said, well, whenever I go through a storm in my life, it like shocks my system, and I produce fruit in the spirit like I've never produced before. And so my wife starts Googling this stuff and finds out it's a fact. God told me first. They don't believe me. It's a fact that whenever a tree, a fruit tree goes through trauma, it'll produce fruit even out of season. <laughs> Amen. The next week, some buds come out. Amen. All of a sudden, I'll meet me some satsumas on my porch. I'm like, all right, tree. Amen. Me and you is all right. You have to go through something to produce fruit. You have to be there for a while to produce fruit. Amen. In my church, whenever you first came in, you sat down for three months. You couldn't do nothing. I mean, you picked up trash on the way out. Amen. But you couldn't do nothing. Why? I want to make sure you had the vision of the house. I want to make sure you had the heart of the house. I want to make sure your motive is right. Come on now. I want to make sure this is where God called you to be. Amen. And whenever everything came together, then I want to find out what you want to do in ministry. Then you had to do, be with somebody else for another three months. Walk this thing out. Amen. Why? Because weeds is the only thing that grows overnight. And listen, I'm going to give you this to the pastors. There's a few pastors here. When people leave and then all of a sudden they realize, you know, made a mistake or whatever, and they go damage another church, because they they're going to bring it with them. And whenever they come back, this is how you know if you should accept them back again. If they come back and want to serve, it's of God. If they come back and want their position back, it's not of God. That's free. You can have it. Go ahead and take it. Amen. Everybody say, be fruitful. Next thing he said was to multiply. It's important. God's word is not lined up by accident because too many times we want to multiply and we don't have no fruit. Then we multiply chaos. Then we multiply division. 
Then we multiply what we think the pastor should do or what we think the church should do. No, no, when you can't multiply until you bear fruit first. And once you start bearing fruit in the kingdom, now you have the right to multiply, to counsel people, to mentor people, to pray for people. Now you're able to multiply because now you've established yourself. Amen? Well, it's supposed to be a leadership thing, so I'm working on it. Amen? <laughs> the next thing he said was to replenish. Everybody say replenish. The fuller you are. It's important that we stay full because this is what happens. You come to church once a week, most of the time, maybe twice. Once a week, most Christians make it to church once a week. And I had a lady, that same lady that I, I told it in the foyer. Before that, she, she come to me and she said, I might be leaving this church. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. It's about freaking time. Amen. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Amen. Just do what you got to do. And she said, I said, why? I'm not getting fed here. I'm like, but you're only here once a week. I said, so from now on, only eat once a week, normal food, and let's see how strong you're going to be. Amen? You ain't going to put them charges on me. Amen? I said, look, you, you got to get in your word Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Come to church on Sunday, get you a power-packed meal, get an awesome experience, and then take that message and break that thing down all week. And that's how you replenish yourself. I told you last night, it's called self-esteem. You have to learn how to, to esteem yourself. Don't put that pressure on me. Amen. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you edify yourself. Amen. You build your most Holy Spirit up. Amen. You pray in tongues. Come on. Amen. That's how you get to be, amen, replenished, refilled, because you're going to get around dry Christians, and you have to pour into them. And when everybody's refilled and they come to the house of God, then revival breaks out because nobody's coming needing something. Everybody's coming full of God. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't put the pressure on God, and we can't put the pressure on pastor, and we can't put the pressure on leadership. We all have a part. So like the pastor said, amen, revival is in here. Amen. I came with revival. All I know is revival. What happened last night, that's a normal service for me. I don't know any other services, whether there's three or 3,000 or 300. That's just, a, that's my church. To me, it's kind of boring. I want to see more. <laughs> amen. Because you never get enough. When you're in the spirit, there's, there's no ending in God's spirit. It goes on forever. When you thought you'd seen something, you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I've been, you know, I, I prayed for God for years. I want to raise the dead. Um, I have a good friend of mine named David Hogan. Some of y'all may know him. And, uh, it's funny because I'm normally here before him. And so you, he sees my picture when I, I was going to spirit word on the wall. And he goes, that's my Cajun brother. And he took a picture of pointing at me one time. You know, he's rough, but he's all melted on the inside. He loves God so much, but his outward appearance. Anyway, they called me Miniature Hogan for a long time. David Hogan, I'm, I'm the miniature version of him. But, but anyway, and so he got me really, want me to pray for the dead people one time years ago. And so I'm like, God, I want to raise the dead. Well, God said, well, you got to be around dead people. I said, all right. So I went to the funeral home. I didn't know nobody in there, but they didn't know I didn't know nobody in there. I signed the book and everything. Prophet Bobby Leisure, amen. And I wouldn't make a scene, but I just kneeled down in front of him for a while, touched the casket, praying the Holy Ghost, raise him up, Lord. I went and put my hand on their chest or whatever and pray for him. You know, I've done that many, many, many times. And I told my church, if somebody dies in your family, before they move them, call me. Amen. I run to the, the first time it happened, I ran. This lady's daddy died of, of something, and he's laying on the bed. You know, he's dead. And I closed the door. I got on top of the brother. That's what the prophet did. Come on, I'm breathing in his face. Resurrect yourself in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm doing everything I can, and the nurse walks in. Oh, that wasn't good at all. <laughs> Next thing I know, there's like five deputies, amen, two sheriffs. I mean, they lock him. I'm, I'm just trying to raise him from the dead. Sure, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Sure, sure. Then I go to the mountains in Mexico, the Tarmar Mountains. There's real Indians up there, like real Indians with the ponies, amen, with the feathers. I mean, real Indians up there, and they still the same way. And I go up there, and we're trying to win this village, about 2,000 people. And so um, a huge sanctuary, they did Catholic stuff and everything. And the, the chief knew that we were, you know, spirit-filled and we were independent. And so he let us do the puppets with the kids. And uh, I wanted to buy some horseshoes to teach the kids how to throw horseshoes, you know, to try and get the kids to come to the service or come to the puppet show. But they wouldn't sell me horseshoes because I don't have a horse. I'm like, true, but I'm trying to teach the kids a game. You don't have a horse. Amen. So I got to buy a horse to get some shoes? That would make sense to us. I'm thinking, oh, my God, man. So I finally said, I'm going to rent the shoes. I'll bring them back when I'm done, keep the money. So they gave me the shoes. I'm teaching the kids how to do the horseshoe thing. And these kids are, like, really smart. And they knocked us out the game. I'm thinking, Jesus, we taught them the game. Now we're on the sideline. Got to watch them. I had to go pee. I came back, and all the horseshoes was gone. They stole everything. So I had to pay double to the man, the chief. And I had a good friend of mine. He's a leger, too, but we're, like, third cousins. He's a ministry. He's a big, tall brother. And we was on a trip together. We, we mixed 90 hundred-pound sacks of concrete after driving 32 hours to get there. Eesh, I don't know if you've ever done that. Don't do it. Amen. It is hot. And we, and, and we not, make, laying everything down, got concrete stuff all over us. And a Methodist church had went there, I don't know, 60 years before and, and took a bore and dug a hole. It took a chopper and took this draining thing, a drilling thing, and dug a hole inside this mountain and hit a stream. And so they had this huge pipe that would come out about 10 feet and come back down to about 6 foot, and you pump it, and it gave really good fresh water. So we seen this thing up on this hill, and I said, I said, man, my brother, let's go up there, and I'll pump the water for you, take you a good shower, and then whenever you're done, I mean, I'll jump in there, and you pump the water for me. He's like, playing, amen. So we run up there, and the women come for water about 530. It's about 520. I pay attention, amen. And so he's up there. I said, go ahead and get naked. I'm going to pump it for you. He gets butt naked, put shampoo all in his eyes, and I take off running. Because I figured it had to be like 526 by then. Amen. I run to the top of the cliff. I'm sitting there watching him. He's like, all right, brother, I'm ready. Here come them women. <laughs> to get that water. Amen. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? He opened up his eyes. Oh, my God. He's running. The women are dying laughing. They never seen a white man before ever. And they surely never seen a white man like that before. Amen. And so that brother tried to kill me on that trip. But anyway, and so we get to the church service. And this thing's packed out. They want to see these Americans, you know, what they're going to do. And I had like four Americans with me, and the rest was Mexicans. And we're up there in the service, and this lady dies in church. They, they, over there, they start church over there when Sunday starts, which is 12.01 midnight. I'm like, well, all right, then we'll be here at 12.01 midnight. That's when church starts. And they do praise and worship because it's, it's a lot cooler, and like four hours. Then they go through this little other program. Then they do praise and worship again. And you don't actually start the preaching or whatever. It's about 1 o'clock noon. Amen. On the day. And so um, we're just sitting there all day. They're eating church. Everything's in church. And the church don't stop till midnight. Amen. Because church is all 24 hours on Sunday. That's, that's their belief. And so this lady dies at like 2 in the morning in front of everybody. She just falls and, you know, and, and releases her body fluids. And, you know, you she's dead. They had a doctor there. He come. She is dead. And they, they do this. So they go get some lime and they pour lime on her so it doesn't smell and she don't spread disease. She's all white powder lying in front of us, and I'm, I'm sitting like right there looking at this woman. Amen. I'm like, she dead, the dead, dead, dead. So I, I went ahead and, and touched, you know, I, I did a little bit of combat medic stuff. I touched her. I'm thinking, oh, she dead? All right, this woman. I'm like, oh, Lord, she dead. Oof. Once them body fluids were released, I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind. She is dead, Jesus. 
Well, 11 hours went by, and this woman's right there, rigor mortis and set in and everything. I'm thinking, they going we haven't church, but they, whatever. And so the, the, the pastor uh, tells the guy that I had, he, he wants to see if the Americans are known enough to raise the dead, because if they can't raise the dead, then his village can't serve their God. Well, the guy said, Americans. So he come to me and said, look, the pastor wants y'all in front of everybody. going to stop the whole service and focus on this dead lady. They want y'all to raise her from the dead. So I'm like, well, all right, Americans. Y'all come in. They're like, mm, you the prophet. And they, I'm like, are you, are you serious? They're like, man of God, on the way over here, you said something about wanting to raise the dead. There's your opportunity. I'm like, you got a good point. And so I, I laid, kneeled down in this old rough concrete, and I prayed, and I prayed. Look, I prayed in the Holy Ghost so long, I made up Holy Ghost. I was Holy Ghost Chinese, Holy Ghost Spanish. I was, I ain't lying, I was making up stuff. Just, bah, 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 I mean, whatever, just Jesus. Do something, Lord. My knees were bleeding. My back was hurting. Amen. My dogs were barking. I mean, I was in a, I'm telling you, I was in a tight spot. I'm like, Lord, you better do something. I don't know how long. I don't know how long. I'm like, man, forget about this village. We'll find another one. <laughs> I mean, I was like, whatever. Send somebody else to raise it. Where's David Hogan when you need him? Amen. I mean, it was killing me. Ooh, I was hot. I was dehydrating. Remember, I'm about to die with this woman. And uh, all full of lime everywhere, lime clay by that time because I was sweating so much. And I'm praying for this woman. And this is the only way I could explain it. It's like I had an out-of-body experience. It's like I came out of my body, and I watched me laying on this lady, praying and dust going everywhere. Every time I was speaking tongues, the lime was moving. And I'm like, and I felt the reverence of God. And, you know, the, the, there's God, and there's the Holy Spirit, and there's Jesus. And it's like all three of them came in the room at one time. To the point that my, my, it was like hard for my heart, my heart to beat. I could feel my blood fighting to get in my body because God's holy presence was so strong in that experience for me. And I'm going, I'm going to die on a mountain? It's going to take three days to get me down. Amen. I'm probably going to be all, you know, I'm thinking, geez, my life flashed in front of me. Everything I've ever went through flashed in front of me. I'm like, I'm fitting to die on this freaking mountain, you know. And, and it's like somebody pulled the plug. And my spirit went back in this woman and went back in me. And, and I slapped this woman on the head. And she jumps up and... <laughs> And, and lime hit me in the face. I'm like, Jesus. And she runs around the building. And I'm like in shock. It worked. Yes, my knees are bleeding. Yes, my back is hurting. And my neck and everything else was hurting. But it worked. This woman runs around. And, and they're all clapping and everything. And, and for two weeks straight, I had them film me. Every time I talk, I was talking in tongues. But to me, it was English. So I don't know why nobody doesn't understand what I'm saying, and they're laughing at me when I talk to them. And finally, my, my brother that I did the water thing with, he's like, bro, you really don't realize that every time you speak is tongues? And I'm like, no. You know, he's like, every time, so he records me, and when he plays it back to me, I hear tongues. But whenever I speak it, I heard English. Two weeks that went on. I couldn't talk to nobody. Amen. It was kind of nice. Amen. I just prayed, talked in the Holy Ghost for two weeks. And then finally I woke up one morning and I spoke normal. You know, but whatever the desire of your heart is, if you just keep going at it, God will manifest it. Don't ever give up on your dream. Don't ever give up on whatever God wants. The desire to raise the dead was given to me by God. It wasn't something I wanted. It was something God put in. He gave us power, amen, to heal the sick, to do the blind, and to raise the dead. It's Christianity 101. Amen. Multiply, replenish. Next, last thing he said here was to subdue. Everybody say subdue. Well, the second to last thing. To, to subdue means to bring something out of control into control. 
you know, I don't believe in deliverance ministry. I'm sorry. Amen. You know, I, I learned something. The Holy Ghost is the only thing that can destroy the yoke or the bondage. Amen. You do that, and you're going to be set free. Amen. The Holy Ghost destroys the yoke. And so I, when you get in the anointing, it should break all this stuff off of you. Amen. God has given you the power to subdue whatever's in your life. You have the power to do it because the truth is you're the only one that can really make the decision to do it because you can go home and smoke or go home and do whatever. whatever. I don't judge people. That's your business. But whenever you want to get something out of your life, God has already given you the power to free yourself in the name of Jesus. Amen. I lay hands on myself with things. I'm like, ah, I don't like anything controlling me. Anything controlling me, amen. Whatever it is, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm done with this phase. I want to move on. My wife's like that. She'll eat ice cream for a little while, and then she'll, okay, I'm finished. And she'll move the cookies. I'm finished. And she'll move to fruit. You know, just always, we never want any one thing to always be the thing. Amen. Anything too long becomes religion. Anything too long becomes religion. It loses the value of it. That's why Jesus said, don't keep praying, amen, to me the same way. Don't pray in repetition. Don't keep saying the same things. If you keep saying the same things, then you saying the first time he heard you, I mean, he doesn't have the power to do what you've asked him to do. There you go. It's free. Take it. <laughs> Subdue. That's why it was so important that God spoke to Adam's spirit so that whenever the first thing, you know, I always thought heaven was a perfect place, a place of paradise, but, but God took, or Eden, God took Eden, Adam and put him in Eden, but he already told him he had the power to subdue. So when Satan came, in Adam's perfect place and started doubting the word of God in their life, Adam had the power to subdue. Come on now. And because he didn't, it upset God, and that's why he had to move out. Now, the thing is, when you read the Bible, I think it's up Genesis 3, 21 or something, whenever you look in that word, that God did move him out of the garden, but the Bible says God put a cherubim with a flaming sword. Amen. So at night, he can see him, amen, the flaming sword. And the Bible says that the cherubim kept the way. And if you study that out, God kept the light on that no matter where Adam went in the earth, he could always see the way back home. Amen. At any moment, he could turn around and get back to in right place with God. It wouldn't have been like before, but it been a whole lot better than where he was living. God will never push you out and not show you the way back home. Amen. He'll not show you the cross is still there. The, the power of forgiveness is still there. And the more we just say, you know what, God, I messed it up. I repent. Put me back in right standing and move forward. The more we see escalation in our spiritual walk and not being stagnant to where we are. You know, I got people I hadn't seen in four, five, eight, ten years, and I run Christians, and I run into them, and they complain about the same thing they were complaining about the last time I seen them. And that lets me and my wife know they haven't grown. They can't move past whatever happened or whoever did something. Look, we're way past that, amen, way past that. When the assemblies of God did what they did by taking me out of that church and, and robbing me of everything that I did there, one of the, uh, the, the superintendents, big old heavy guy, I wanted to kill him, but God wouldn't let me. And um, just being honest, I'm preaching, i got to be honest. And so um, about five years went by, and I, I went and did a conference, and he was there. And he thought I'd already be in the nut house or broke or begging on the street because they took everything from me. You know, I'm like, you didn't give it to me, so really you can't take it. I'm going to sow it into, your, into the uh, body of Christ, and I want to harvest off of it. And whenever I left, there were 2,500, and two years later, there were 6,000. So I, I made it a seed it had to produce. So now I get a harvest off of all that in God's eyes, amen. And I ran into him. He's like, oh, you okay? Oh, we heard you weren't doing good. I'm like, brother, I, I'm a lot more blessed than you are, that's for sure. 
I said, I heard you need some money. You want $100? You need a little change? Can I help you out? Amen. Because uh, you didn't pay your registration at this conference. And I know you're the superintendent, but she, he should be the first one to pay. <laughs> well, we're going through a bad time. I said, I'm going through a dry place. Said, Don't stay there. Go through it. Amen. I ended up blessing his life, hugging him. I said, I forgive you, and I set you free. So just go on with life. That, that's how you elevate yourself in the resurrection power in your spirit, in your business, in your life. Don't get stuck. Amen. Don't build three altars at one place. There's more to God than what you're seeing right now. There's more in God. All right, let's move on. Have dominion. Everybody say have dominion. The word dominion here means the ability to remove whatever needs to be removed. The ability to remove whatever needs to remove. Amen. Whatever's in your life that doesn't need to be there anymore, you have the power to remove. He said, I give you the power to subdue it, and now you have the power to remove it. And sometimes it's people, sometimes it's things, sometimes it's relationships. Whatever it is, you have the power to remove out of your life. God gave it to you before you ever were. Amen. Amen. And all, God gave us all this stuff, and we're still in the spirit. Then we get in the flesh, and we get weak. No, no, you have the power. If I have the power to go to a nightclub tonight. Y'all ain't going to know unless y'all in there. I got the power to do all kind of stuff, amen. I, I can do it. I choose not to do it. Why? Because I love my wife. Amen. Everything I do for God, I do it because I love him. And the more I do because I love him, the more it frees me from works. Amen. I give because I love God. Not just because he's supposed to give. I give because I love God. I bought my wife roses. I'm not even there. Amen. I did it because I love her. Look, guys, women have this thing called discernment. I told you about the secret power they got last night, make stuff make appear. They have another secret power called discernment. And they know if you buy her something because you love them or if you buy her something because you're expecting something. They know. Women, come on. Come on, older guys. Y'all should be with me on this one. Amen. They know. Amen. And if they know you're expecting, you're going to be expecting for a long time. Amen. But if you... <laughs> If we can't talk about it in church, I mean, good Lord, Jesus. Want to know why marriages are falling apart? Look, I'm, I'm a, I ain't talked to Bruce about this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Amen. He knows I'm crazy. Uh, when Viagra first came out, I told my elderly guys, hey, the Lord has made a way. <laughs> Brothers, the Lord has made a way. Better get you some Viagra. Amen. Get that thing on. Put some lead in your pencil. Amen. Get that thing right. Make your wife happy. I said that across the pulpit, and the, and the women were like, mm-hmm, I've been talking to the doctor for him. I don't know if his heart's strong enough. We're going to find out, amen. <laughs> I said, I don't care if you come to church blind, brother. Hey, handle your business. Handle your business, amen. Handle your business. <laughs> but when you do things because you love your wife, then the blessings automatically happen, amen. And when I do stuff because I love God, the blessings automatically happen. Amen. You all right, Bruce? We're going to make it. Amen. We're gonna... <laughs> Everything going to be okay. Amen. They can prescribe you some too. But there's some generics that's really cheap. Amen. And the thing with men is, well, I don't need it. They go, whatever. Amen. It's over there at the drugstore. Amen. You know, whatever. <laughs> I think that's what God gave Abraham. Sarah was laughing. He can't. God's like, I got some Viagra up here. I'm about to hook Abraham up. Amen. Hook that brother up. Because <laughs> they always talk about that in the Bible with the men. Well, he's too old. You know, he's. I'm, Leave the men alone. Leave the brothers alone. Amen. Some of y'all brothers have been eating gin, ginseng root and everything else trying to make that thing work. Go to the doctor. Amen. I thank God for it. I'm only 53, but 
If that time ever comes, if I have my script, whatever. Amen. I'm get my license plate, Viagra. It works. Amen. Shoot. <laughs> my grandfather didn't know a lot of English, but he told me, son, if you lay the pipe right, you never have to worry about another plumber. Take care of your wife. Yes, sir. Take care of my boo. Hook that sister up. Amen. <laughs> supposed to be a leadership meeting. See? Amen. Kids ain't supposed to be here. Amen. <laughs> but when, when godly kings, when godly kings took over kingdoms, the first thing they did is they removed false gods. Amen. When godly kings took over kingdoms, the first thing they did was they removed false gods. God's giving you the power when you get saved to remove everything that doesn't need to be there before you were saved. Amen. To remove all the false stuff. That's why I can't ever serve Buddha. Amen. In America, Buddha's by every Chinese restaurant. And he don't move during the day. But that brother's eating something at night. I'm like, boo, you done put on some weight since the last time I seen you, boo. You can be in gold or silver or whatever, boo. I'm like, Jesus, what kind of God is that? I mean, you, you got to get a little statue because you can't carry the big ones nowhere, amen. <laughs> I don't want to have to carry a God. I want a God that carries me. Amen. You have the power to remove whenever, whatever kingdom God moves you to, whatever dimension God moves you to in leadership. Whenever you get blessed with a position in leadership, you are there not to make standard. You are there to make it better than it's ever been. Amen. My job at our church is to clean the men's bathroom. We talked about that last night. I don't just clean it. I make sure that thing, if Jesus came to use the bathroom, he'd be impressed. Amen. Probably have some dirty feet, but whatever. You know, I clean that thing as good as I, people walk in and go, good Lord, they think women are cleaning it. I'm like, no, my wife has trained me well. My wife said, there's your clean and there's my clean. Clean it my clean. I know what that means. I got to pull everything out, sweep everything, dust everything, wipe everything off, put everything back in, in order, make sure everything's lined up. My wife's OCD. Everything got to be just Jesus. I love OCD people, amen. You'll never lose, you never lose anything if you have an OCD person in your life. I mean, they know where everything's at because everything has a place. My wife and I first got married, she said, uh, you know I'm OCD? I said, oh yeah, I love it. She's like, well, do you mind if I go straighten the meat out in the freezer? I'm like, the meat in the freezer? She said, yeah, it's not in alphabetical order. I'm like, do you need some help? She said, no, I'll go do your thing, babe. Go get the meat right. I'll try to find something I couldn't find today, man. <laughs> I'm like, what order did you put beef? Jesus, all this anger. She's like, that's it, oh, okay. Amen. There was a certain kind of cow she had got called Angus. Amen. God has his hand on your life, and God wants to speak to you face to face. He spoke to the spirit, man. He spoke face to face with man. Amen. I, for a long time, I prayed, God, amen, I, want, I want to see you face to face. And I used to bite the carpet and all kind of crazy stuff because back then, uh, the God chasers that came out, you had to chase God. I know. It was a religious thing. It was foolish. But I said, I'm, I'm a God chaser. I'm chasing God. I'm on the carpet. I'm fasting. I'm praying. All this stuff. And God finally released me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing you. <laughs> I read the book. That's what the book told me to do. I'm doing it. Amen. Um, I forgot who that guy was. But anyway, he, he wrote the book, God Chasers. And so I read this book. It was the biggest thing at that time. You know, everybody's trying to get a move of God, especially in the assemblies of God. And so uh, God said, no, no, son. To, to chase me, to, to chase my face, you look with my eyes. And when other people see nothing, you see potential. When other people see somebody tattooed up and hair and earrings, you see a youth pastor. 
Amen. You, you see things, amen, that nobody else can see. That's looking through my eyes. He said, you hear things that nobody else can hear. You only hear my voice. So I love about Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep only hear my voice. Amen. So I can't hear the voice of the devil. I can't hear the voice of nothing. The only voice I hear is the voice of Jesus. Amen. He said, you speak with my mouth. Come on now. Amen. My mouth don't gossip. My mouth don't lie. My mouth prophesies. And my mouth has the power to create something. I can speak something that ain't, and it has to be. I speak out the mouth of God. Amen. That's, that's seeking the face or, or having the face of God. It's whenever you do things the way he said, you got the mind of Christ. Come on now. The more of the word I get, the more my mind's transformed. The more what I think is, it, 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 he begins to filter and transform everything that I thought. Because this thing will lie to you. Amen. My eyes will lie to me. Come on now. But when I have the mind of Christ and the eyes and the mouth of God, you start speaking the way God speaks. Everything has to change because God is face to face with you. It means you're in covenant. It means you're one. God made all these decisions we just went over before you ever were. So you couldn't have messed them up, and you still can't mess them up now. If you just submit to the word of God and say, God, whatever you said is what I want to be. So if you called me that before I was, then surely I can be what you said. Amen. I might not impress you and reach your standard, but as long as I listen to God's word, I want to be everything he said I can be. Everything. Can't tell how many times I tried to walk on water. It hadn't worked. I don't quit trying. Now, it ain't deep water. Now, I've been to Cape Town a few times, and whew, white people. I went there one time, and they had an article in the paper. They got this rock that goes way out in the water, and people sit there and take pictures. And this dude was out in that rock way, way out on the water and, and, uh, to take a picture, and a great white shark came and bit him off the rock. And got a, uh, the last picture his wife took of him was a great white shark. Isn't it horrible? That's a true story. It happened in K-Town. Off the rock, in the water. So I did some research. Well, Cape Town is the home of the great white shark. I'm like, oh, so the great white shark was in his house. Well, his favorite food is a black seal. Okay. With fins. Well, then I realized that most of the white people in Cape Town go buy black wetsuits, put on fins, swim around the great white shark's table. And whenever he bites somebody, they mad at him. I'm like, he's the only true brother in the whole picture. I mean, find out what the color that brother don't like. Amen. If he can see black, he can see other colors. Is it orange? Is it blue? Do a lot of testing. I'm not getting in the water. I might switch my foot around a little bit. You know, I'm not getting in the water. They said, you want to go see a shark? I'm like, why? I watch Jaws. That's close enough to me. We got Shark Week on Discovery Channel. I ain't trying to go in there with a piece of meat hanging in front of me to attract a shark. I can't get mad if I get bit. He broke the cage and bit me. Why? Because I got him so mad with that little piece of meat. He was trying to get this big old rump roast inside the cage. Amen. White people. You watch spooky movies, you don't ever see a black person in a spooky, never see a, oh no, mm -mm. In America, they got the, the show now where they go find haunted houses and buildings and they set up equipment and they provoke the demons and the ghosts. I'm like, they spend millions of dollars to get this sensitive equipment. Did you hear that? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go spend the night in a house that I know is haunted. Oh no, brother, you don't see no black people on that show. 
And look, white, white people, I'm going to help y'all out. Black, I'm going to help out. Now, black people, y'all see? Y'all don't tell white people this. I'm 20% black, so I got a right to go ahead and share my 20%. Now, black people, y'all should be shaming yourselves for not informing the white people about this one thing right here, especially in South Africa. White people, listen to me. If you see a black person running, run. Don't look back. Don't got to go investigate. Maybe I can solve the problem. It's just a gun. Run. Amen. The only people you ever see dead on a crime scene, around the mall, or anything, bunch of white people laying all over the place. Why? Because the black people don't run. Black people run. They don't ever look back. They just follow one in front of them. Amen. They just run. That's what you're supposed to do. Watch it on the news later. All them white people there. See, I passed up three of them white people. They didn't run. They didn't look back. What's going on? What's happening? Is that a gun? Pop, 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 pop. I'm like, come on, white people. <laughs> it's worse in America. Woo! White people in America get on my nerve like, mm, oh, no. <laughs> Black people clap on the bass. Spanish people clap on the hi-hat. White people don't know when to clap. I'm like, come on. I'm trying to help everybody in the congregation. Like, never mind, Jesus, never mind, amen. And, and they'll get all beaten. This, oh, I'm worshiping now. No, we're praising. We are praising right now. <laughs> we, anyway, it's just a joke. So God has spoken things over us before we ever were. He's given us so much power. Then when you get saved, he gives you the Holy Ghost, amen, to increase that power to where it has to manifest. You know, the Holy Spirit is so important in a, the life of a believer. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost, amen. You must be baptized. Well, actually, you have the power, and you have a language with God that nobody understands but you and God. Amen. I had a brother driving one time. I was praying the Holy Ghost. He said, I don't want to send you. I said, you ain't supposed to. I said, I don't understand me. I ain't supposed to. But I said, my spirit understands that I'm talking to God, and my spirit's getting re recharged and refreshed and renewed. I'm bettering myself. I'm encouraging myself in the Holy Ghost. He's like, but don't make no sense. I said, it ain't supposed to. It's Holy Ghost. Got to get past your mind. The flesh, to truly see the Holy Ghost stir in you. And the more you have the power of the Holy Ghost, then everything I just told you, these five commands, begin to manifest in a supernatural way in your life. But you got to have the Holy Ghost. And if so, I don't believe in it. It doesn't mean it's not real. I'm sorry, too late. Came out 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And if you're here tonight and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, we can get you baptized. I ain't going to slap you. Nothing. It's a free gift. Amen. And all you have to do is say, Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll put your hand on your belly, have somebody lay hands, whatever. And whatever you hear in your spirits, speak with your mouth. No matter how crazy it sounds or whatever, you, the, the flesh wants to stop you because you, you, it ain't like in anything you've ever heard. Because it's your language with God. Amen. And, you, and we're missing a conversation with God whenever we don't pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. Jesus said, pray without ceasing. Uh, that doesn't mean be so super spiritual that you always praying. That means always have him on your mind. Always have him in your heart. Amen. Always have a conversation in my spirit. I'm preaching with you now, having a conversation with the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching. I'm getting tomorrow's sermon right now. Amen. I know you, you don't, I don't understand it either, but that's just the way my spirit works. The more I pour out, the more God has to pour in. Amen. You'll never be refilled until you empty out whatever God has put in you. That's why I love pouring it out. I love pouring it out. Because the more I pour out, the, the better comes in. And better comes in. Amen? 
most people won't give like God can't replace it with better. It's never that God's trying to get something from you. It's always God trying to get something to you. Always. Always. It's never an even exchange with God. When you give him a little, he dumps a lot on you. When you give him this, he gives you better. It's just the way it operates in the kingdom. Amen? Stand with me tonight. We're going to pray. Hope y'all got something. I got something. I'll preach myself happy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I preached in one church. It was so dead. It was a big church, too. I'm talking about dead, dead. Nobody moved. Nobody was happy when they got there. So I knew I was in trouble. They all looked mad when they got there. I'm thinking, Jesus, I ain't even said nothing yet. You're already upset. I got so, and I, I'm not saying I was right for doing this, but I felt good about it. <laughs> I'm preaching good, y'all. I'm preaching good. And ain't nobody's looking at me. People falling asleep. They had one spot on the second pew. So I jumped down from the platform, ran. It was a big old stage. And ran around, got in the second pew and said, preach it, brother, preach it, amen. Ran back up there. Thank you, brother. And kept on preaching. Now, I didn't get invited back, but I didn't want to go back. Amen. You got to be excited, man. It's an exciting walk with God. It's a surprising every day. You never know what your father's going to do. You just never know. It's, it's amazing. It, even when it's supposed to go one way, God has so many ways to get the blessing to you, to get the breakthrough to you. A lot of times it's least likely people got to put in your path and boom. Make a way for you. There seems to be no way. Just amazing, God, that we serve. Father, we thank you that you spoke to our spirit before our flesh ever existed. So that thing kicking in me is a word you gave me before I was. That power in me was in me before I was. That vision in me. If you don't activate the vision, it becomes a nightmare. Father, don't let me see it and not have it. I thank God for Hebrews 11, but I thank God it's not for us. So, oh, that's a faith chapter. No, no, no. If you go down to the bottom, it says they could see it, but they could never receive it. They could believe for it, but they never manifested it. I don't want God to show me something and it doesn't manifest. I don't want a promise that he gives me to fall in my grave. We have the power to see it, to speak it, and it manifests. They've seen the Messiah. They've seen the Savior, but they never received him because he, they died before he came. That's why Jesus had to go into the innermost parts, what they call Abraham's bosom, and show them the promise that they believed in, manifest it, so they could all be caught up with us. Amen. Whenever we go to, go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.